Let's bow our heads as we pray, Father. You've been so good to us. Oh, yes, we sing your praises. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for being faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to you. Oh, you've been so good to us. Now may you make our hearts be receptive and open our eyes and our minds uh, to this scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The first president of the United States, his name was George Washington. I happen to have been born in Zimbabwe. However, I know about this character really well. Uh, I know him as a man of God, a God-fearing man. And uh, on his inaugural, as the first president of the United States, uh, he used someone, someone, because it was his favorite sound. Whenever George Washington uh, had preachers, which was almost every week, multiple times, come out to preach to the troops, he always requested that they preach from someone. At his inaugural, he requested they preach from someone. And at the first inaugural, for the first president, the preacher there preached from someone. In someone, there is a promise that it, it is unimaginable that anyone would want to navigate life without it. If you are a child of God, it will be unthinkable to say, I'm not really going to get that into my life. In someone, God makes a promise. The word blessed. God makes a promise where he says to you, he says to me, if we do three things, and he names them very clearly, he says, do these three things, and whatever you do will prosper. Bless is the man. Now, circle the word blessed. Check with the word blessed. I love this word. It means blessable. Blessable. How many of you here have children? Hold up your hand. And how many of you here love your kids more than you could ever say? Raise up your hand. And how many of you want to kill them on occasion? Raise up your hand. Sure. Sure. Just being a parent, it's a challenge, right? You know that you, you, you love those kids, don't you? You love those kids. You, you did give your life for those kids. But these moments, there are moments when they are not blessable. There's moments when you got to say to that child, no way, no how, never, never, never. Where did you ever get it in your mind that will be okay around here? You want to bless them, but they got to be blessable. They got to be blessable. 
And God says, I want to bless you. Blessed is the man. And he gives you the first condition that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you know what counsel is? Is that influence you permit in to work on you. What counsel did you let in? And did you let not God's way stuff in? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, God has created you with two access points. Two access points for counsel. Everyone has them. Everyone has them. Your eyes and your ears. Anybody who wants to influence you, anybody who wants to counsel you, wants to capture your eyes and your, and your ears. Because that's how you get in. That's why people say, hey, look at this, look at this, watch, watch, watch this. Because if they, get, if they can get you to watch, you are in. Hey, listen, listen, listen to this. Because if they can get you to hear it, you are in. You see, if, you, if your eye sees it, your mind got in. It got it. If your ears hear it, your mind got it. I promise you in this service, we are doing everything I pray for God's honor and glory to capture your eyes and your ears. Because that's how you get in. There's all kinds of influences out there that want in into your brain, not God's ways influences. What did you let in to your eyes last week? What did you let in into your ears last week? Now, the, the, the world says, oh, 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 come on, Stuart. Come on, come on, lighten up, lighten up. You, you can handle this. You, 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 you can watch this. What TV shows were you watching just last week? You, you can watch this. You're a big boy. That's what the world tells you. Oh. You, you, you can listen to this. It's okay. And God says, no, you won't. Because you see what you let in is a choice. It's a choice. What you let your ears hear, what you let your eyes see, that will influence you. Now, we have some powerful councils uh, in America, you, you, you're always bombarded with information. We have television, uh, radio, internet, social media, uh, newspapers, magazines, and they all want to influence you, every one of them. They all want to get your eyes and your ears. But you are 100% in control of who you give your eyes and your ears too. And why would you give your eyes and your ears to not God's way stuff when you are literally violating the very crux of the promise that what you do will prosper? The first TV I saw 
was in my grandparents' house. We lived way out in the country, and it was a terrible TV. It was just terrible. I mean, it was all snowy. How many of you remember those snowy TV back in the day? There was no, there was no this color TV when I grew up. I don't know what it was radiating, but it, it just radiated everything. And, and, and then they, they did have the, the kids stand up there and hold the rabbit ears. You remember the rabbit ears? Uh, some of you are too young to know. And I mean, we, we, we got nuked to death standing up there holding this thing. And the neighbors would come over just to watch uh, at night. It wasn't very long. It wasn't very long because one night the neighbors were over watching and we are at my, parents, my grandparents' house and something happened I'll never forget. The movie we were watching started well. However, in the middle of the show, people started kissing. And now we are very uncomfortable. We are all watching as families and it was all live now. This was still no recording or no video. This was live TV back in the day. And we couldn't watch TV with our parents and see people kissing each other. That didn't happen back in the day. Now, today, what do you do? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My grandmother said, what just happened? When my grandmother saw people kissing, she said, what just happened? I say, I don't know, Grandma. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and nobody, and then she moved in and said, nobody is watching people kissing like that in our living room. It's not going to happen. Pick it up and put it in the barn. And the TV was gone. And my neighbors, they had to walk back home. My grandmother said, nobody is watching that in our living room. It's not going to happen. You see, I was raised where you didn't have to curse. You didn't have to use substitute words to curse. Kissing is no longer a big deal on TV. Parents watch a PG movie, movies with their little ones. They care less. And somehow we have gotten comfortable with letting stuff flood our eyes and our ears that are ungodly. What would it take for you to say, God's grace, with God's help, I'm going to be careful where I put my eyes. I'm going to be careful where I put my, uh, my ears. I do not want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Have you ever seen somebody doing something and you say, look at the way those kids are acting. Look at the way that, that, that man's behaving. Look at the way that woman is doing. That's the word here. And God says, I want you to be careful not to stand in the way of sinners. Now, I have a test that I was given to me years ago that I want to share with you that has helped me with this, great, with this a great deal. How many of you do not want to stand in the way of sinners? How many of you? All of you, right? You want to obey that command, right? 
Well, here's the simple test. The Bible says, the day you got saved, you become an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's, that's, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It doesn't matter what your educational credentials are. It doesn't matter what your experience is. You are an ambassador for Jesus Christ the day you get served. Do you remember that? Now, an ambassador has one job, just one job. Listen carefully. An ambassador's job in, li in life is to make the people who chose him to look good. When America picks an ambassador, they better make us look good in the countries they are in because if they don't we are pulling them back home and going to send somebody else because the name of the, 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 the an ambassador's job is only one job you make the country you represent good your one job don't forget this is to make Jesus Christ look good that's your one job. Because uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20 already told you that you speak for God. You represent. Did you at work, at your job, did you at your job make Jesus look good? Did, did we with our families make the Son of God look good in your own home? Would the kids say mom, is the, mom in the house just makes Jesus look good? That's how we do not stand in the way of sinners. And it's a test that I use in my life countless times each day. Am I making the Son of God look good? September 11 attacks, you call them 9-11 attacks. Many people were killed by these series of airline hijackings and suicide attacks. And uh, 2,750 people died uh, in Pennsylvania, New York City, Washington, D.C. Police and fire departments, 400 police officers were killed. Why? Because that group of people were very ungodly. They plot to kill other people. And yet it happened in churches every Sabbath. Every Sabbath it happened in churches. What do you say when nobody's listening to you? How do you relate? How do you talk to others in church? Are you being godly? or ungodly. Now, September 12th, I myself was traveling a day after the 9-11. I was at Harare International Airport, and I was coming to the USA on that very day. A day after the terrorist attack, 
and there's another terrorist alert which was given. And everything is all shut down. You got to be there at the airport plenty of time in advance. And they are going through everybody's bag and they are taking all the liquids, forms, gels, everything, you name it. Your perfumes. And this has been the journey since 2001. So I got to the airport about four hours a little more ahead of my flight. When I got there, they had shut down most of the kiosk and everything. And the airline I was on had two people working on a counter. And there are two huge lines going to that counter, two huge lines going just to those two counters. Now, the minute I saw those lines, I got ticked off. I got ticked off. How many of you understand the word ticked off? Okay. How many of you have ever gotten ticked off? And, and you say, Brother Stuart, why did those lines tick you off? They just bugged me. And, and there's two of them, and it doesn't matter which one I pick. It will just be a wrong one. And so, how many of you understand the truth of that statement? I get in the line. It's going unbelievably slow, and people in the line are mad. Oh, they are cursing. They are so upset. And now I did not curse, but I was very close to saying amen <laughs> a couple times. All right? Now, wait a minute. I, I, I got the job. I, I, I got one job in that line. Who can remember my job? I got only one job in that line. And my job at the Harare International Airport on that day was to make Jesus look good. That's my job, but I forgot. I forgot it. All the devil wants to do is to get you to forget your one job. Because if you don't make Jesus look good, you are standing in the way of sinners. It took over two hours to get to the counter. For two hours, I'm in that line. And finally, I get up there, and the lady at the counter says, oh, Mr. Guature, your flight is in less than two hours. I said, I know. Oh, she said, you are never going to make it. You should have come earlier. What? I'm already here four hours ahead, okay? So now I got one job at the counter. Only one job I have at the counter. It is to make the Son of God look good. That's my only one job. But I forgot it again. <laughs> so I said, lady, your uncle must have gotten you this job. You are incompetent. You don't deserve to be behind that desk. You must be fired. I'm on my way to U.S., okay? Do not disturb. I said, this is ridiculous, I said. You guys, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You are playing this holy stuff. Do not judge me. She said, look. She said, look. 
you don't need to get mad. I said, oh, I'm not mad. You want to see me mad? That's another whole level beyond this. Okay? It's ridiculous. She says, well, let me explain. Do you see that line over there? I said, yes. She said, that's the line through security. She said, you see that sign there? I said, yes. She said, from that sign is in two hours. From that sign in, from that sign in is two hours. And it's taking over two hours for the people in that line to get to that. So you got four plus hours ahead of you. Wow. Wow. Well, what do you say to that person? Do you say, do you say God bless you? Is that what you say? No. You don't say that. You don't say that. What does it take to make you forget your one job to make the Son of God look good? You are his ambassador. And I then called to try and get help. I called and I said, get me on another flight. They said, not a flight for a week. This is September. Do you understand how this big this, this, this attack was? George Bush went crazy, and he wanted to kill everybody. And if you were coming from some countries with no name, you ain't going nowhere. And so I said, can you get me another flight? I called my office. They said, no, there's no flights. No flights. I said, can you get me a motel room somewhere? They said, there's not a motel room right now on planet Earth. There's nothing. I said, can you get me a rental car then? Get me a rental car. They said, there are more motel rooms than rental cars. <laughs> I, I said, what are you trying to tell me? They said, you're stuck. Now can I tell you the problem? You know the verse? You know the verse in Philippians, right? In everything what? Give thanks. When you forget your one job, you quickly forget to give your thanks. It will, just ev it will just evaporate. I said, give me the boarding pass. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, they had a main bridge. How many people know a main bridge? They had a main bridge, and, and I went and I got in the line to go through security. I had to go over a main bridge, and it's out in the parking lot going back and forth Second time. And I'm standing out there, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, standing in that line. I hear somebody call my name, Brother Stewart, Brother Stewart. And I look. And here comes a preacher. Here comes a preacher. Now, I don't know his name. I just know his face. He's coming at me. And, the, and this thought went through my mind, Lord, I'm not in the mood to mess with a preacher right now. 
I'm just no. How many of you understand that, that one? How many of you understand that one? There's just moments when I don't need you right now. I just don't need you. This preacher comes to me. He's absolutely bubbling. Oh, Brother Stuart, so good to see you. So good to see you. It's been a long time. By the way, I was listening to one of your uh, videos on YouTube where you preached. And he's just smiling a mile a minute. He's just smiling. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you, Brother Stuart. He said, I heard you preach two weeks ago. I said, oh, good, good. I said, it's all good. It's all good. He said, do you remember what you preached on? I said, no, 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 no. I don't remember. He said, you preached on this is the day the Lord hath met. And we, and we what, Brother Stuart? I said, we rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, he said, you really blessed my heart. I said, thank you. And, and I'm, like, I'm like, these guys, elevators, are not hitting the upper floors. He can't get it. He, he's missing something. And finally, he looks at me and he said, isn't this great out here? You got all these people are confused at the airport. And everybody is opening their bags. They are taking their jails, their, their, their you know, weight. And now the, the security doesn't know, do you have guns in there? Do you have bombs in your bags? It's just chaos. But this preacher is happy. He said, isn't this great out here? Isn't this great? He says, this is so, it's so good to be out here. I said, what are you talking about? I just lost it. I said, this is a nightmare out here. He said, all these people, all the people in these lines are really upset. I said, yeah, I figured that out. And he said, Brother Stewart, all they are talking about is should they get on a plane, what will happen if they got on it and they die? I said, yeah, I heard a lot of that. He said, these people are all concerned about eternity. This is the best opportunity to witness you will ever have in your lifetime. He said, watch this. He said, watch this. Our lines, our lines going this way, there's another line going this way. So he taps on the guy in front of us, and the guy turned to him and he said, crazy, isn't it? The guy said, yeah, it's real crazy. He said, any thoughts whether you get on a plane or not because what happens if, if it goes down? Remember, yesterday planes were going down, right? And this preacher already figured out that people's hearts are so soft at this moment. You can preach to them. But I was just angry. I couldn't see that opportunity. But the preacher was already, uh, uh, the spirit was already leading. And there, he said, because man, if you die, he's telling the guy in front, if you die, you know. And before the guy could say a word, his wife jumped in and said, sure, tell my husband, tell him. I've been telling him to go back home. We are not supposed to be in the plane today. We need to go back home. And this pastor reached in his pocket and he said, I think you are going to be fine. 
and he gave them this. Do you know what this is? The tracks, right? That's the glow tracks. And he picked this and he just gave this woman. But he said, I got something I want to give you. Because he said, one day, whether it's today or many years from today, will be your last day on earth. He is now beginning to tell the people around. And he said, I would like to give you this. And he went to hand it to him. The guy never got it. His wife snatched it. And she said, I'll read it to him. I'll read it to him. The next thing baffled me. Four people that way and three people that way said, have you got any more of those? And that, and that preacher said, yes, I do. And he's handing them out like hard bread. He turned me and he said, isn't this great, Brother Stewart? Isn't this amazing? So he said, Brother Stewart, I got some tracks here. I'll give them to you. But he said, we do have one problem, Brother Stewart. I said, what's the problem? He said, your face. I said, my face? He said, yeah. I said, uh, by the way, can I remind you, your face is God's billboard. Your face is God's billboard. Everybody's reading it and should. That's why God created that beautiful countenance. And he said, you got to fix your face, Brother Stuart. You look upset like everybody here. He said, Brother Stuart, fix your face. Go get them. And he handed me the tracks. Before we got through the security between me and him and I, we had the privilege of praying with over 20 people. Amen. And people kept saying to me, oh, thank you, thank you. And all I could think of is, you need to thank that guy. You need to thank that guy. You need to thank that guy. You see, I forgot my one job. I forgot my one job in life is to make the Son of God Look good. You need to thank him. What would, what would it take you today to say, I can't really live last week, but next week I'm going to be careful where I put my ears and eyes. By the grace of God, I'm going to remind myself, my one job on the planet is to do what, church? Is to make Jesus Christ look, look good. Look at the third and final one and will all be done. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What does it mean to sit in the scornful? That's a griper. How many people know what a griper is? A complainer. That's an unhappy camper. I'm sure you know this. It's a sin to gripe. It's a sin to complain, and God treats that sin very, very seriously. In the Old Testament, God killed more of the children of Israel for griping than all other sins combined times three. How many of you think we did be in trouble if God killed, uh, killed Christians today for complaining? Who would be in trouble? There did be a whole lot of funerals to do if we just had preachers alive to do them. Okay? 
There'll be a lot of funerals. Now can I remind you, this sin is not griping too much. This sin is just griping at all. I pulled in a, uh, in a Hilton hotel in Canada. I was on a business trip. I arrived there a little late. Nice hotel, straight to the reservation counter. I checked in, uh, in there, I just checked in, went up to my room, something happened in that room. That's never happened before. I had no running water. No water in the sink, no water in the shower, no water, no, no running water, okay? So I went down the front desk, I said to the girl, I don't have any running water, and I don't know what you should have, I don't know what I should have said. But what she said back to me ticked me off. <laughs> and I was ticked off again. I said, I don't have any running water, and she says, I know. I said, how do you know? She said, because that room was not for you, it was for somebody else, but then you were late to arrive, so we thought you were not coming, so we ended up putting you in that room. I said, did you know what you just said? You owe your mother an apology for the day you were born. Straight up, I'm just being ugly. I'm just being ugly. You, you judge me. You, you, are, you are judging me. Like you don't do these things. You know, I, I just decided to give you a little bit of how life is out there. But you're already judging me. I'm not a nice guy. But I'm just being honest. By the way, I paid for the room. Isn't that true? I'm paying for the room. She already know I was supposed to get in such a room where there's no water. And so, mm, I didn't like that. So she said, I can explain it. It's the only room in the whole place with no running water, she's telling me. And it wasn't going to be your room, it was another guy's room, but he was so mad about no running water that we gave him your room, and you, this is now your room. And I'm angry with that. And so I went off on it. Now I have to be careful. When I, when I get upset, words just come to me. When I'm upset, words just come to me. I, I've heard people say, oh, I was at a loss of words. I never been at a loss of words. By the way, neither have most of you. You too. You too. So, I said what I said, which was ugly. But then, before I leave the desk, I said, do you have anything else to say? She said, yes. She says, where are you from? I said, United States, Dallas, Texas. She says, oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be in the USA in fall. Really? Yes, to attend a Christian university in Nebraska. <laughs> you are coming to the US to attend a Christian university in Nebraska? Yes. Do you mind to tell me the name of the college? 
Union calling. Boom. <laughs> That's an Adventist university. And she said, you look like a Christian. And she said, sorry, I made you angry. I solicit for your prayers. I really want to attend that school, and I want to end up in some ministry one day. What do you think happened to me? What do you think happened to me? I changed my tone. I said, hey, you know I was kidding, right? You, you know I was kidding, OK? I was just kidding. I, I don't need water. Who needs water? Who needs running water? I was just being horrible. I was so horrible over water. And I was so tired, I was not even thinking about taking a shower. Not at all. I only realized I didn't have water because I wanted to brush my teeth. And there was no water, and I'm angry with that. But then look, God set me up again. So I went down by her, and I said, I'm so sorry. I literally got on my knees and said, I'm sorry. I said, I, I, I said I'm so sorry. I wouldn't want this on my wife or my daughter. Uh, she said, oh, brother, it's OK. It was my fault. I said, no, 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 no. And don't, don't you forget this, church. Don't you forget this. It's never the other guy's fault. You say, but you don't know what I'm putting up with. You are right. I don't. Except that God has promised he will never have more than you can bear. Never by promise of God. And I said, I'm so sorry. She said, she, she said, she said, she said, when you said you owe your mother an apology for the day you were born, I want you to know I am an orphan. I am an orphan. I don't even have no parents. I have no idea what my birthday is or who my mother is. When you say that, you hurt me deeply. And we prayed, and, and I asked for forgiveness. You know, when you're on a business trip, you want to treat everything business. But be God as people who has feelings out there. And I said, I asked for forgiveness. And I want what she got. She has a good spirit. She turned an, an angry man, and she pulled me now into other things that I never realized. My question to you today is, how did we ever get comfortable sitting in the seat of this conflict? I want to close giving you an illustration of grace. Grace is defined as, God's, as God reaching at Christ's expense. Did you hear that? Grace is defined as God reaching at Christ's expense. Because Jesus had to die for you and me. Yes, 
Salvation is free, right? But it cost the Son of God his life. It cost God his Son just for you and I. In 2011, as I close, a man was driving his Corvette. How many people like cars here? Now, 2011 was the day when Dallas was hosting the Super Bowl. How many people remember? And that year, we had 12 inches of snow. Like God was saying, not in Dallas, I don't need no Super Bowl. But the day came, and a guy from Arlington Seventh-day Adventist Church was driving his Corvette, a Seventh-day. But he did not know that the weather forecast had said it was going to do what? To snow, ice. He didn't know it was going to snow, especially 12 inches of snow. He gets to work, and by now, the snow is coming down. He says, I, I got to raise up. I, I, I got to go. I got to go because I, I can't have my COVID out in this snow. So he gets on the road, heading home, and while heading home, he hits some black ice, and the car begins to spin. He doesn't know on black ice, you don't turn the steering wheel in the opposite direction. You, you got to go with the floor if you want to straighten it out. So let me tell you his testimony. His testimony is he spun and he spun until finally the car came to a stop when he called, Lord, have mercy on me. And he held up both of his hands. The car did not come to a stop because he knew what to do. The car came to a stop because he just said, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. His hands went up and the car came to a stop on the side of 35, on the side of the freeway. He's sitting there in the car and he starts to have worship right there in the car in the snowstorm. He didn't wait to get to church to have praise. He had, to see, he had seen God serve him right there and got his praise right on the spot. If the only time you praise God is in church, your praise is phony. Amen. But when you know that God has done something good for you, you get your praise on no matter where God has done it. No matter what God has done, you get your praise on right there. So now he's sitting there thanking God for stopping the car. And that's when he decides he's got to call someone for help. When he reached out for his phone, he dialed the number and started sending a text message. And he pressed The message came back. Didn't go through. And he looked and saw the bars and discovered that there was no connection. He was in a bad area. There it is. He's in a bad area. He's in a bad area in a snowstorm. And he can't reach anybody. And so he decides, he, here it is, to get out of the car. And now he's out of the car. He walks about 20 feet, and that's when his phone rings. His phone rings, his phone's ringtone at the time was his father's number. And the ringtone was Amazing Grace. And so he picked up the phone and said, Daddy, thank you. 
you won't believe what just happened to me. At that very moment, he looked back and he saw an 18-wheeler plowed into his covert and smashed it and crushed it. And that's when he said, Daddy, I got to praise God a little bit more right now. And his father said, Son, what are you talking about? He said, Daddy, I was sitting in my car trying to call for help, but I, couldn't, I could not get a signal. But if I had gotten a signal in the car, Daddy, I would have been dead by now. Because I couldn't get a signal, I got out of the car, and my life is paid, and then you had the nerve to call me. When you called me, your ringtone is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that served a wretch like me. I'm about to shout right now. But, but here it is. Anybody here who knows that God is saying, you can't stay where you are in this storm. It's time to get out because there ain't no signal as long as you stay here. God wants to bless us. You have to be in a place that the Holy Spirit can reach you. You don't have to be in the council of fools. You won't prosper, the scripture says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. May God bless you as you worship. To God be the glory. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that sometimes you interfere with our signal. So we won't have good connections so we can move into a place of safety. Because if we stay in the same place, we'll be destroyed. Thank you that we will trust you. Thank you that you bid us to come, no matter our circumstances. Be our God. Bless us with our families. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.